Small business. Small business. On The Money Show. Pavlo for TDs in studio this evening. Tell me, Pavlo, about partnerships, because you've been spending the day in a room full of people, um, extolling the virtues of, no doubt, and also bemoaning the issues associated with partnerships. Define the concept of partnership to me. You know, Bruce, it was really interesting, because today there were about, let's say, 350 entrepreneurs and the entire day was question and answer, question and answer. What was on your mind? What was on the mind? The issue of partnerships came up maybe at least 40% of the time. And I think, you know, when you're starting a business, it is such a tough thing to do on your own that the moment you find someone who has an empathy with you, a simpatico, a, a <laughs> sense of being on your side and backing you, you attach onto them and hold on to them really quickly. And very often, partnerships emerge from that space. I went into business with Jack because he and I see things the same way. It's absolutely crucial in the early stages, but very, very quickly, that kind of partnership can turn really against the business. Not against you, but against the business. Explain. So, well, so the, the, every business goes through a, a life cycle, you know, just like a human being does. You start off as a baby, you become a toddler. You become a young kid, and then you become an annoying adolescent uh, for uh, quite a while. And a more annoying, some of us, uh, annoying <laughs> adult. <laughs> even more annoying adult. <laughs> and so it goes. So every business starts up. It goes through an early stage of development, a growth stage, a prime stage. And remember that show we did on the four secret killers of a business? Yeah. When you're in the prime stage, if you let those four secret killers come on board, you go into maturity and decline. So there's this life cycle. The kind of partnership you need in the beginning of the business is often very different to the one that you need at early stage, growth stage, and prime. And that's the big trick. How do you actually select someone who's going to be the right person and they will go on a journey with you and mature with you as the business develops? And how do you build that sustaining partnership? Let's say you're starting a business at 21 or 25 or 30 or 35. You're still relatively young. You may have come out of the corporate sector. You and your your mate is sat opposite the desk with you. I mean, for goodness sake, that is um, how uh, so many of these IT startups happen. And and we we hear so many wonderful stories about guys who used to work together in a corporate, came up with an idea, shared the idea, and and went into business together. And there have been some wonderful success stories of exactly how that has happened yet you're very young you don't know what you need you don't know what you want you don't really have the capacity to visualize what this business could be and that's where you agree to stupid things or don't have any agreements in place and you just go go hell for leather because you just love the concept of what you're creating and what you're developing you do so you start the business both of you on the same page you're going hell for leather but there are a couple of things that really aren't in place to help you make a good decision around a partner. So, for example, when you start the business, Bruce, honestly, for the first three years, you don't even know what business you're in. It takes about three years, more or less, between 18 months to three years, depending on what experience you've had in the past and what business you're in, to get a sense of who your customers are, what direction the business is going to go in, what's going to make you different from all your competitors out there. So when you start with anything, you hope to have an image of what it looks like at the end, and then you hope to build back from that to make decisions today. That's what a business plan is meant to do. And the whole issue of business plans came up today. And of course, the only benefit of a business plan is to be sure that what you write down won't happen. When you start that business, find someone who's got complementary skills to you. So in other words, they need to have the same 
set of circumstances ideally in other words both hungry for the business both hungry for the opportunity an affinity for the industry that you've gone into be it food or tech or whatever it might be but you need to have ideally complementary skills because every business has a back end to it which is going to be about delivery the kind of person you want over there is going to be someone who's more focused on quality of service delivery of service it's a detail type person and then you have the front end of the business that person is typically more outgoing more able to market more involved in social mm. networks and the like if you don't have that kind of balance by definition you don't have the balance and what you'll find is if each each of you are in the back end of the business the business won't get going and if each of you are in the front end of the business the marketing side you'll sell like crazy but your delivery is going to be poor and the business itself will then stumble so that's the first issue you've got to deal with Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator giving us tips on how to set up a partnership and the sort of things you need to look out for, of course, because they can be very, very challenging five years into your business, by which time it's too late to rewrite the rules. You need to get the rules set down early on. 021-446-0567-011-8830702. Tell me your partnership stories, your successes. How did you make it work or where did you go wrong and if you need some help from Pablo this evening and some of the practicalities around uh, setting up this partnership, we're all ears this evening here on The Money Show. Christo and Centurion, our first question up this evening. Do you keep your calls coming through on 011-883-0702-021-446-0567 with the most practical question of the night so far? Hello, Christo. Evening, how are you doing? We're so good, Christo. What is your question? Where do you get a contract to set up a partnership? Is it something you can get online, something you can get from CNA, or just a basic contract? Thank you, Christo. It's actually a, it's a disarmingly simple question, but an absolutely crucial one. Do Horters provide a partnership agreement? Can you do it the way Warren suggests if you borrow money from your, uh, from your mum or your dad to buy a house? Can you just write it down on a piece of paper? Uh, what, what is the rule on this one, Pavlo? So the rule is that there are, many, there are many places where you can source these partnership agreements, and a partnership agreement becomes fairly stock standard. So in other words, the clauses from one partnership agreement to the next one become very similar. And Christo, there are a couple of sites that you can go to. You type in partnership agreement. You might have to pay a small fee, but you'll get a good basic partnership agreement. But that's not where the magic lies. The magic lies in the addendum to the partnership agreement. And the addendum which is the attachment that goes to the agreement, says, we're in partnership. Your role, Mr. Partner, <laughs> is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. My role is X, Y, Z. Because if you don't define those roles, then what is the partnership about? We agreed to be in business with each other on a 50-50 basis. That's only going to lead to a very, very miserable outcome. Because, Christo, you and I start the business. The business takes off. We were both single when we started the business. You get married. Suddenly, things change in our relationship. You have two kids. I have no kids. Does that mean I still work from 6 to 6 at night and you work from 9 to 5? How does all of that work? So you've got to think about the roles, the responsibilities. And I'm a firm believer, although it doesn't go into a partnership agreement, you've got to talk about who's going to deliver what. Because if it's going to be a 50-50 equity relationship, what are you going to do to earn your 50% other than simply be my partner? And what am I going to do to earn the 50% to simply other than just be your partner? No, but is a, That's is, where most of the work is. Is a partnership agreement the same as a shareholder's agreement? You would think that you would have a series of agreements which all are added into one great big fat 
pile of paper uh, that hopefully you never have to look at again, but it's there in case you need it. No, it's the same thing, Bruce. The, okay. The, the shareholders agreement, you and I start a company, it's a PDY Limited, we're going to go 50-50, and that's why I say it starts moving out of the realm of a typical shareholders agreement, but I'm a firm believer that entrepreneurship put shareholders agreements together that talk about roles, responsibilities, and deliverables for at least the first three years. But, but shouldn't, then how often should you be reviewing those? Because as you say, the company changes, it changes direction. Today you're selling pens. Um, in three years' time, you've actually dis- discovered that you are better resellers of computer software and your business has changed to that fundamentally. You should be reviewing this agreement or this addendum every year. Yeah, Every year. Every year you should start off the year. I'm a big believer in kicking off the year with a great big board meeting between you and your business partner and saying what are the three goals we want to achieve this year? Because they will change from year to year. And when you're a small business that's growing into a larger business, you've got the flexibility to move with market trends and opportunities. In every trend that you move into and in every direction you're going to move into, I'm better suited to some things, you better suited to other things. Who's going to do what? Set the, set the, the, the rules and, of, of engagement down. It's not going to affect the shareholders agreement because that's already been agreed. But a remuneration agreement is something separate from a shareholders agreement. And that remuneration agreement might say, yes, we're 50-50 partners. But given the new, new direction of the business, if I achieve this and you achieve that, who gets what? Mm. It could be an issue of shares or it could be a bonus. But, but partnership doesn't have to be 50-50. I mean, you look at some of the huge partnerships around mm-hmm. the world. Law firms, for example, typically are run as partnerships and new partners are brought on board all the time and old partners retire. Um, you, you've got the, the big audit firms of the world, the Ernst & Youngs, the PwCs of the world. They're partnerships. I mean, these are global partnerships and partners come in on different terms and conditions all the time. They do. In fact, if we look at the physical skills, the hard issues, when I, when I select a business partner, I'm looking at the skill set that that individual has compared to my skill set. And I want to see complementarity. I'm looking at what relationships they've got. Because sometimes a single relationship can get a business out of the starting blocks without which it might take you three years to get there. And even if they bring that one single relationship to get the business going, well, maybe if that's all they do, it's only worth 10% or is it worth 90% because without them, it would take me three years and possibly even longer to get that business going. So there's always going to be a negotiation in the beginning. And the thing that makes it equitable at the end is if you bring a whole bunch of stuff into this business relationship and I bring a whole bunch of stuff, we need to weigh, weigh it up and get a feeling for what is fair in terms of percentages. And absolutely, it doesn't have to be 50-50. Well, what is going to be the biggest pitfall of the partnership that I go into, into this business, business partnership? What do I need to be most careful of? That's going to sound so corny, Bruce, but values. Because you know, if, if you've got a completely different set of values, especially around money. So I've been involved in business partnerships where before, as the money came in after 18 months of slogging away, my partner at that stage had a hunger to spend it and my orientation was to reinvest it back into the business that is a massive point of difference the second issue about values is there's certain individuals that i've come across that i've worked with entrepreneurs that i've seen who've turned around and have said to me you know i'm now in my mid-40s and i've been in this game for five years or 10 years or 15 years and my friends have said to me Really, you should be taking things a little bit easier. Life isn't just about building a business. If your partner has a different view to that, 
and they're in that business from 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night, and you taking Friday off halfway through the day to go and ride a bicycle or whatever the case is, that value issue is very, very difficult to overcome. But those values also change over time. And I suppose that is why it is so important to be revisiting this agreement constantly. Well, you know, there was a wonderful movie that came out called The Social Network. It's the supposed story around Facebook. And if you remember, Mark Zuckerberg had that friend that he was in digs with at the university in the, in the story as it goes. The Winklevoss twins, yes. No, 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 oh, no, other, no, no the, the other guy, the oh. other guy, uh, the kind of uh, Latin, what was his name? Bob. He put the first money in. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He put the first money in. They were best mates. They were 50-50 in this game. He wanted to continue studying, and Mark wanted to build a business, which meant that Mark had to drop out of university and go and live in Los Angeles, where in Los Angeles or San Diego or let's call it California, people understand tech businesses and there's money for it. So there was an immediate change in values at that point in time. And look what happened. It turned into a nasty, nasty fight. And rightly so, because values were unaligned. The moment they become unaligned, Put on your boxing gloves because there will be a fight. Pablo Fatidis, as always, from Auric Business Incubator, joining us on a Thursday night, the practicalities, the hardships and the joys of running your small business.